What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. It's something we haven't done in a while. We're doing a top rope list. And technically speaking, we're throwing a Mount Rushmore in there. So that is something that we do on a more regular basis. But we are talking about wrestlers from the United Kingdom that have been in WWE history and talking about the best and how we're going to rank them and everything else that goes along with that. Because upcoming in a couple weeks, uh, we've got the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view. So I wanted to talk about something UK-based, and this seemed like as good of a topic as any to talk about since we haven't done something similar to this before. So who are we? If you don't know, well, I am your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Callum Wiggins. All right, governor. <laughs> I know Caroline was telling us that we should do uh, <laughs> accents this entire time. <laughs> we don't want to be that know. offensive. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. There's Robert DeFelice. <laughs> hello. In it. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll throw out some colloquialisms or something. <laughs> uh, Callum will be our resident UK representative here, of course. So if uh, anything gets too out of hand, <laughs> we'll have to have you. He's, the, he's uh, on my Mount Rushmore of UK podcasters. I'll say that. That is true. <laughs> it's quite, Number, that's quite a, an esteemed list. We figure um, uh, if we could do a Mount Rushmore of UK uh, Smart Out Moment panelists. <laughs> we got uh, a couple of them. So yeah, you got your way to go, you know. Maybe we'll do that list. Uh, rank them in the comments below. <laughs> but by all means, if uh, you have any opinions about this particular top rope list thing, and you know the UK wrestlers and all that, that's what you should be leaving comments about. So uh, tell us what your lists are and whatever other thoughts you've got. While you're over there, hit the like button, hit the share button, pass this around to anybody you think might be interested in checking it out, and make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't done that already. Just ring that little notification bell. We are recording this in advance for anybody who needs to necessarily know that information, just in case something happens. You never know. I mean, we went through that thing with the UK scene before where it was just like, here's a bunch of people that are taken off the board for WWE because of allegations and everything. So I don't know, but it is August 5th. This is probably airing in two weeks or so from when we're recording this. So closer towards the mid to end range of August. I haven't quite settled on what day I'm going to post this yet. But now if uh, if this doesn't age super well, you'll know why. <laughs> but I think that will be OK, especially considering the names that we're talking about here. Uh, we do have plenty of names that we can discuss. I had about like 50 some names that I had written down. And one of the things that came up first uh, when I was going through my list. And I think that you guys uh, probably ran into a similar thing was I was looking through and I'm like, all right, you know, it's gotta be people from the UK and technically speaking, we could have been like, okay, well clash the castle is in Cardiff. So we're just going to go with Wales. And Hey, we would have had Wade Barrett, Tegan Knox, Mark Andrews and flash Morgan Webster. And that would have been, it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, extending Damn it, fine list. <laughs> extending it from Wales, I uh, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and England. It means you can't just go full Europe. And we could have technically, I guess, done some kind of European wrestler thing. But then you start getting into like uh, the list gets way too big and. You know, there is an argument that you could be like, okay, well, UK-based wrestlers, are you going to go with people that are wrestled in NXT UK? And then you get, like, Mako Satamora, who's not from the UK, but she's the NXT UK Women's Champion. The way that I'm looking at this, they have to be from 
Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, or England. And then that's it. So that made my list already jump down to... I mean, I didn't write every single person down. There's some people that I was just like, yeah, that person's not going to be in my top 10. So that was like 47 names that I had in the range. And then we got some people that are outside of WWE because this is technically right now top rep list of WWE UK wrestlers. So we might do some kind of tweaking here and there with that. At least when it comes to the Mount Rushmore, we might just be like, okay, let's open it up past WWE. That's what we're working with here. And if you don't know how the top rope list works, it is slightly different from the Mount Rushmore. It's not just, let's talk about the names and let's settle on that. Instead, what we do is we count down from our number 10 through our number one. And if we say a name that somebody has maybe about like three or four spots different, then that person's going to say, okay, well, you know, hold off on talking about that person for a little bit. If we're around the same range or if the person doesn't have that on their list, then we talk about them. So I'll use that as an example. Somebody who maybe is on people's list, maybe isn't. But uh, I don't, for instance, have Danny Burchill. I'm just Danny Burchill. Oh my God, I'm reading two names at the same time. Danny Birch right next to Paul Burchill. Uh, Danny Birch is not on my top 10. Is it on any of yours? No. So, for instance, if I were to be like, okay, number 10 is Danny Birch, and then Callum and Rob don't have him, then I'd be like, okay, Danny Birch is blah, blah, blah. This is how I feel like he should be number 10, etc. If, for a random example, Rob would have been like, oh, I have him at like around my number five, then we would have waited. We'd talk about him when we get to number five. So that's how this is going to work. And then we're eventually going to, when we get done saying our own individual top 10 lists, then we're going to settle on what the amalgamation of that is. If somebody ranks number one on everybody's list, hey, look at that, that's number one. If somebody's number two on most and number five on another thing, they might mathematically work out to be number two. They might work out to be number one. It's kind of like a complicated thing to explain, but when we start going through, you guys will get it. We've done a couple of these before, so yeah, keep that in mind. So let's just uh, start getting into this. Um, you guys might have this as one of your uh, hold off kind of ones, but my number 10 is Nikki Cross. Uh, mine. Uh, she's not on my list either. Oh, okay. So Nikki Cross, not necessarily Nikki A.S.H. To me in WWE, there are some people who are around that range that I was kind of debating about. Again, that's kind of the whole point of it being number 10, but I typically tend to rank people on this based off of their accomplishments a little bit more than some of the other people. And the one that she just beat out was Layla L for me. You guys happen to have her on your list? So I was going to ask if we had her. I really don't, but she kept coming up everywhere I saw. I mean, yeah, she is British, so she would have <laughs> <laughs> Is that your nice way of saying she's nowhere near your list? No, she's no, she's not on my list. Okay. So I, I don't know if you guys did the same sort of ranking. I ranked based off of my personal preference and what their accomplishments are, kind of fifty-fifty, as opposed to like the best in-ring workers or anything. Did you guys have like a sort of metric of, yeah, you know that person's better in-ring worker, so I'm going to put them higher, or do you go, did you go mostly based off of favoritism, or what did you guys do? Like, you know, there were some names 
who are arguably considered more legendary than others. But like Wade Barrett did more than Dynamite Kid, so he'll be higher for me, you know. Um, but it's mostly like that. I went totally on personal preference. I don't yeah. care if like someone is quote unquote more prestigious or has won more championships. If I like them more, they're going to go higher on the list. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, top rope list is, uh, you know, there's flexibility for these things. So I do have her at my, uh, my number 10 spot. I think that she hasn't been able to do as much as she can. You know, this Nikki ASH character is not really all that great, but she has won the championship. She's been, I think, a two-time tag team champion, if I'm remembering correctly. She won the Money in the Bank. And yeah, they were quick reigns and everything, but she is still somebody who I think could give back more. And if they would tap more into her, I could see her potentially bumping up a little bit more on the list. Maybe not necessarily getting fully into the number nine spot for me, but maybe. So uh, I'll, I'll correct you slightly. She's a three-time women's champion. Women's three? Champion. Yeah, she's twice with Alexa Bliss, twice with Ripley. Oh, that's right. The real, uh, the Ripley one. I forgot about that. I'm thinking two for the Alexa one. Wait, who did would she beat with Ripley? Was that who beat Zelina and Carmella? I don't know. No, Zelina and Carmella, I think, beat them. Beat them, so... They beat Sheena and Naya? Really? Maybe. I don't remember that. Uh, oh. No, I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know, that, <laughs> I know they beat someone. It was around about... It was after SummerSlam. Because that was when they they fought for the women's title, and then they became a tag team. So I'm looking it up right now. They it's gonna be, be Shayna and Naya. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. Natty and Tamina. Ah, right. that's right. Because Natty <laughs> and Tamina beat Naya and Shayna. Wow, these titles don't mean anything. <laughs> they really don't. Again, well, that's you know, that's uh that's a factor though. I mean, she won the that title three times, but the titles don't mean a whole lot. So it's not like that's gonna compare to some of the other that's people on this list. Champion. Look at that. There you go. Another title that means nothing, but you want it. <laughs> so yeah, number 10 for me. Uh, I'm potentially fine with her not making the top 10 list if, you know, there's other arguments for everybody else and everything. But who do you guys have for your number 10? Who wants to go next? I have Neville. I feel like everybody else has Neville higher. It's a WWE list, and at the end of the day, I just did. I don't feel like he did much. Like, I love Pac. But Neville kind of feels like a wasted talent to me. I do have him high enough that we should hold off on him. Yeah, same here. And also, I'm not treating this as a WWE list. I don't care if it's supposed to be or not. I've got people higher up that aren't WWE people. <laughs> so, wait, is Big Daddy on your list? No, Big Daddy's not on my list. I don't know, for historical purposes. I guess <laughs> no. you did say that you were only... Taking into account your personal preference. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's going to potentially skew some things since this is just WWE for that thing. But yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Why? Your... Why, why is it supposed to? I never re- came into this brief expecting this was only going to be a WWE thing. Well, he kept specifying WWE, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I, I just think that. You know, I do. I have it, two it, other people it, it, that aren't WWE based that I have on the list where I would put them. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll I, factor I just, that in. I just went with the assumption that I know a lot of British wrestlers that are outside WWE, and I think some of the best wrestlers that the uh, UK's ever seen have never wrestled for WWE or very briefly wrestled for WWE. But we'll get around to that when we do. 
I'll spoil uh, I'll spoil this idea. I've got two people that aren't in WWE that I would put on the list in the mid range. So we'll compare to them. But what's your number ten, Callum? Piper Niven. So she is not on my list. Yeah, not on mine either. Uh Viper's an excellent wrestler. I refer to her as Viper because that was when she did her best work in ICW World Sports. Uh what culture pro wrestling all this all these places which i was very familiar with watching her icw so she was the um i think she was the first person to kind of take that title and proclaim it as like a women's world championship at the point in time where wwe was still running around with like divas championships and the knockouts championships and all that stuff and i think that her work in wwe although hampered by the fact that they've been given her stupid name do drop but her work is exceptional. I think she's one of the best women's wrestlers on the entire roster. And she should have won the UK championship as Piper Niven, but Definitely. they decided to, to sidestep all of that. And I think in spite of her name, she's got a degree of legitimacy around her, despite the fact they always have her lose matches, which is just... I'm not, I'm not saying she should be like a multi-time world champion or anything like that, but... She is not treated as seriously as, he, as she ought to be for her level of ability. But I think that she's probably my favourite female pro wrestler from the UK. So I wanted to include her on the list. So snaking back around, my number nine, I think you guys might disagree on the placement. Tyler Bate. I'm at number eight, so... I'm a bit higher enough to hold enough to hold him in place. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll just keep, kind of keep this um, kind of train going. Rob, what's your number nine? My number nine is Finley. I like Finley. I have him at list. seven. He's not on my list. Yeah. Um, so I guess I really let's just talk Finley. about him. Yeah. I really like Finley. He came into WWE at a time where he had been working with the women for so long, they just never had him on TV. And when he came in, I think he added a level of aggression at first in his early run. He had really good matches in 06 with Regal and Benoit. And I just really always enjoyed his style. And I enjoyed his run in WWE. Finley's a guy that... I, I do have him at number seven, um, but it's worth talking about him now. It's not too far off. He's a guy that I appreciate more than I necessarily would go to like, okay, I'm going to go watch this top 10 best matches list. And I, I rank him a little bit higher based off of his contributions outside of it too. I don't know if that's just kind of skewing it the wrong way, but I know that he is instrumental in the women's division, for instance. And I know that he is, somebody who has been a producer for so long and all that. So I'm totally fine with putting him lower on the list than that number seven spot. But um, I figured I'd, I'd give him that. You don't have him on your list at all, right, Cal? No, but he was very close. He's, I, I think that his style is exceptional and the fact that he's able to put this very like brutish brawling style and more technical wrestling ability in WWE, I thought was great. And I, I was a big fan of his run from like the few years that it lasted. 
So then, who's your number nine? Tate Dunn. Uh, hold off on him. <laughs> he's my... I'll just say this. He's my number seven. That's where we're going next, anyway. Well, there's eight before that. Yeah. Well, I said my number eight was basically. <laughs> yeah, technically speaking, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we'll hold off on Pete Dunn. Uh, loop back around. Your number eight is uh, Tyler Bate. And we're still going to hold off on him a little bit. But my number eight is Paige. Hold off. Okay. No, no, my list. Oh, okay. Um, like, see, he clearly here, we're going to approach this from so many different angles, but she's super high on mine, so we're going to have to wait on her. So then, that puts us at Callum's number eight. Nigel McGuinness. Fuck yeah. See, Nigel is one of those guys that of course, he's not on my list because he. I was doing this based off of WWE, but uh, I mean, Nigel, I don't know too too much about, to be perfectly honest. Like, I couldn't tell you his best matches necessarily. I couldn't tell you his finisher. I've only seen a few matches. I've liked what I've seen, and I know a lot of major positives from Nigel. I've heard plenty of stories about, like, you know, he's just as good, if not better, than this person and that person. Um and in a non WWE list, makes perfect sense for me to hear his name. I think the yeah, his is where I'm most familiar with him outside of obviously Desmond Wolf in TNA, which was which was a great run to start with that really curtailed off. As soon as he became like, there was that stupid I don't know if it was a gold rush or something like that where they had the fans voting for who they wanted to be challenging for the world championship, and Desmond Wolf was winning every single vote they put out there because everyone loved him from Ring of Honor and they wanted to see him succeed. But they never, ever wanted to push him to that level. And even though he had some good feuds with Kurt Angle and AJ Styles and people of that ilk, uh, he, it never really worked out for him in Impact. And he never got a chance to be in WWE because, as uh, Brian Danielson said on a recent uh, podcast with Renee Young, that the only reason that he was never signed to WWE is because he was too honest about his injuries, whereas Brighton uh, lied about the number of concussions that he had. So, otherwise, if they had never found out about his injury to his shoulder, which was affecting his performance, he likely would have been WWE at some point in the uh, mid to late 2000s. But, uh, yeah, I think that his work in Ring of Honor, he was up there with the very best. They have had him as world champion for a considerable length of time. He was the matches that he had with people like Danielson were legendary. Yeah, I think that he was a great talker, just an overall great worker. And I wish he could have done a lot more with his career that he ended up doing. Even though he reached the pinnacle in Ring of Honor, he should have done more in a on a on a grander stage. McGinnis, if this if I had known what Callum was gonna do with this list, would have been Top five for me. McGinnis is a lot of fun. I think if he would have gotten to WWE when Brian did, he probably would have led the Nexus. He probably would have been a huge star there, would have had matches with Cena, would have, I think, gone further than Brian at first because he had more charisma at the time. And again, like I said, I am not too familiar with him. I only really know him from commentary more than anything else. But uh, 
you know, I mean, I get it <laughs> from that sort of outsider's perspective. So, all right, that means that's your number eight. We got number eight, seven, seven, seven. So that means we're already back around to Callum back again for your number seven. So I miscounted, and so we probably should have talked about him earlier, but I went with Tyler Bate here. And then, well, Tyler Bate slash Mustache Mountain as a tag team. Yeah. Because they're, because they're, as, they're as good of a tag team, really, as much as he's... He's obviously the star out of the two, or the more, like, the up-and-coming star out of the two of them. But I don't really want to um, devalue the efforts of Trent Seven, because he's a great talker. He's a fantastic, like, foundation wrestler, more old school. And I think without him, the whole Tyler Bates character doesn't have that element to him that helps him stand out a bit more. So I, if I could go with them as a tag team, then I would prioritize that over just Tyler Bates on his own. I prioritize Bates because I think he did more as a single. Like, he's what is he, a two-time... NXT UK champion now and I still think that at some point he's going to be a major player for WWE. Yeah, I have Bate at 9 as I mentioned before because I do think that there's a little bit of overratedness in my mind from what I see from him. I think he's fun to watch but honestly when I found out that he was winning that championship a second time I was like really just Tyler Bate again? There's uh, there's a lack of character there for me that really speaks to a negative. When they did introduce a character with his uh, whole like hippie vibe, I didn't like that at all either. And I don't picture him going much further than what he's already gone, but just being one of those guys that can have some good matches. And you know, I'd love to see him against a lot of people. Like you know, give me like Jungle Boy versus Tyler Bate. Yeah, that's gonna be great. But I couldn't ever picture him being somebody that I would be like, okay, if I'm running things, he's going to be my world champion. Maybe an intercontinental. I was going to say he wouldn't be my world champion, but he'd be damn in the he'd be damn sure in the running for the intercontinental title. So again, I mean, we got a seven, eight, and nine for him. He's going to probably go to around that range. So I'm back around to my number six, which was mentioned before with Rob's number 10, Neville, slash Pack. Should we... He's my, uh, he's, he's my number five, so we can talk about him now. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Neville, former NXT champion, somebody who is way better as Pack, and that does factor in. Like, you know, it's hard not to have a little bit of that bias when you see that happening. Just kind of like, it's weird to rank Dean Ambrose and not think of John Moxley when that's far better. Pack is the current All-Atlantic champion in AEW, which doesn't factor into the WWE list, but it is something that, is, you know, it can influence things. I didn't like the Mighty Mouse kind of superhero-y gimmick, but I've always enjoyed his work, and he has one of the coolest finishers, that uh, Black Arrow. Doesn't have the best promos, but he's jacked, and... I dug his uh, Cruiserweight Championship run. So he's in that sort of mid-range for me at number six. And he's number five for you, Callum. Yeah, again, I just think that he is... He's one of the best in the world in the ring, just bell to bell. Like, he's so fluid. He's so dynamic. He's 
powerful. Like he's obviously small in stature, but he's absolutely jacked, and he can do so many exciting flips and moves, but also just be a very good technical grounded submission style wrestler as well. I just think if you just put him with anybody in a match, it's going to be good to great. With with the right person, it could be on any given night the best match you'll see on an entire show. And that extends from his time in NXT where he was top dog for so long. And then when he comes up to the main roster, it doesn't really work out for him because, of course, like he's probably, you need to be this high to contend for the world championship, that kind of that kind of regime. But when he became cruiserweight champion, that was that's arguably been the best work I've seen of his career, even with the AEW stuff where like obviously as Pac he's fantastic. But I really, really dug that cruiserweight title run. I thought that he showed a lot more character and personality. His promos I thought were really good. And yeah, but then you can just look at the stuff that he did in like Dragon Gate and other stuff that he's done in the on the independent circuit prior to joining WWE. And yeah, he's just an absolute marvel of an in-ring performer. I think a lot of people forget that before AEW became Punk and Danielson and oh shit, Moxie's here on the first show. Pac was like going to be one of their top guys mm-hmm. and arguably still can be. And I think that he is definitely one of the best going today Again, the only reason I have Neville at number 10 is because I thought we were totally doing a WWE list. Yeah, so he might get a, a bump up in that, depending on how we balance things out. But what's your number six, Rob? Dynamite Kid. Not on my Strictly list. Strictly for... I assume he's not on Callum, so I don't know. No, he's not. Yeah. Uh, strictly for the influence he had in terms of the wrestling style also because there's not a lot of uk wrestlers that received acclaim when he was you know doing well in the wwf so i put him on the list i think again if we were factoring in like the the mcginnises and the ospreys and the zach saber juniors he probably would have been bumped off my list but i did want to at least touch on what he gave the WWF early on. So then you're number six, Calvin? Drew McIntyre. Hold off. Number four? Still holding up? Yep. Okay. Uh, We're back to my number five, which was two people that, uh, or one person, (laughs) I'm throwing two people on this list, but you guys already mentioned it before. Pete Dunne, my number five. I think uh, his UK title reign was great. He's one of the best people to just go out there and have a great match unless he's put up against somebody like a Drew McIntyre that dwarfs over him and then they make him look stupid. Butch is not a great character, but it's, you know, I mean, there's worse characters out there. It just happens to be, it's jarring to see somebody like a Pete Dunne who doesn't have that kind of character be belittled like that, you know? But uh, Pete Dunne is such a solid worker i loved the whole thing with the riddle team that was a lot of fun short kind of tag team title reign but the bros or rates were fun and uh i think out of all the people on this list he's one of the main ones that i would be like all right if you're putting him in a match with somebody i trust it's gonna be really good i again we're recording this on august 5th so if anything changes you know sorry but i still think one of the best 
pops that Triple H could possibly get is just backstage on the, on a SmackDown walking through, and he just goes, "Yeah, you're not Butch. You're you're Pete Dunne. Go be Pete Dunne," and the place would blow, and Pete Dunne would be awesome, and he's he's got the ability to go to the very top, especially now because wrestling's different. He'll get opportunities like a Regal didn't get if he can get to that level and get beyond Butch. He's still young too, isn't he? Yeah, maybe like twenty five or something. Yeah, I believe so. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, mid twenties, yeah, still. But uh, yeah, he's everything that you guys said. He's fantastic wrestler, fantastic when he's gotten the right material. I mean, he's not a super charismatic in the traditional sense, but he has a charisma about him. Like the, the the broken fingers spots and all these other things are cool. The bitter end is a nice finisher. He is, yeah, you have an excellent run as the NXT UK champion. I think if he was treated with an air of legitimacy in WWE, despite, instead of being like a wild child that Sheamus has to child mine, <laughs> essentially, um, then he would be... He'd be someone that I'd like to see push towards like an Intercontinental or United States Championship position. And I think that despite his small stature, I think he's got enough character and personality that he could potentially fight for world championships down the down the line. But I think that yeah, the reason why I had him so low down is because at the moment in particular, it just seems like he's hit a ceiling under the previous regime of creative control obviously that's now changed and so since i put this list together initially so hopefully there are bigger and brighter things in pete dunn's future as pete dunn yeah i mean this could change literally as soon as tonight's episode of smackdown when we're recording this <laughs> because remember I mean, this is the 5th of august so we could get this friday night smackdown they could just be like all right pete dunn's fighting for I don't know, to, like a, a major, major title or something. I mean, the likelihood is that he's not going to be called Pete Dunn. Probably not. They do yeah. Change, like, because that's that was his indie name. And even if it's has... Butch or Pete Butch or just like, give him a name, just give him another name, please. Butchy Butch. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's my number five. Callum's number five is Neville and Rob's number five is blank right now. What's your number five? Wade Barrett. He is my number four. So we could talk about him. Yeah, he's my four as well. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know where Wade Barrett's probably going to get. <laughs> he's in that four and five range. I think that Wade Barrett should have been the first world champion from the region. I think it's fucking ridiculous that he didn't win the world title. I think we can all laugh at it now. But you can't look at the summer of 2010 and not think, okay, Wade Barrett wins the title, loses to Cena at Mania. This is uh, before you know that The Rock is going to host and all that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. Wade Barrett and the Nexus should have been a major part of that WrestleMania. The N in that WrestleMania logo should have been the Nexus logo. Like, the the reason they failed is because this... They were the start of, well, all you have is FCW, get the hell out of our face, and we're going to bury you. And I think it's wrong, and I think Barrett tried tremendously to reinvent himself, the Bad News Barrett, the Bare Knuckle Fighter. I think the 
The Bullhammer is one of the coolest finishers ever. Had a cooler name as a souvenir. Fully agreed. Like, <laughs> like it, Barrett's good, man. Yeah, I really wish that he not only would have had some title feud thing going on with John Cena, but I think he should have fought Undertaker at WrestleMania, too. He should have been one of those people. Sheamus should have been another one that should have fought Taker at WrestleMania, but that's, yeah, he's not from the UK list that we're talking about. But uh, Barrett, the fact that he was able to be the standout guy in NXT before NXT was NXT when it was still the whole like competition thing, he wins that, and all he really gets out of it is he leads the group of the losers, and they still manage to make it work, but the way to really put a stamp on it would have been for him to be the champion. He won the Intercontinental title a couple times, and that's, you know, the major, major accolade that a lot of people don't get a chance to do, but... I think he won it like five times, didn't he? He won it, he won it quite, quite a, a bit. Few. Yeah. It might only be four, but I'm pretty sure he won it at least three. And how many of them are really necessarily memorable? Not much, but we're in an era where they just passed that title around and it didn't really mean anything anyway. You know, it was Ezekiel Jackson wins this and then this guy wins this. Dolph Ziggler wins it for the fourth time or something. So that's not necessarily his fault. That was their booking. Just the same as you can't really be like, oh, Shinsuke won the titles and he didn't do anything with them. That's because they just fucking forget about him. And Barrett really got the shaft here. I think... Not only should he have been in a bigger deal with the Nexus, but when he looped back around with the Bad News Barrett thing and that caught on, why the hell did they give him some better run with that? Maybe not a world championship under Bad News Barrett, but he could have been a bigger deal, you know? That was so fun. And I love him on commentary now. He's one of my favorite commentators. Yeah, he's a very charismatic, great talker. I thought that as soon as he started growing the beard out, he had a fantastic look about him as well i think like the wade barrett that won uh nxt and was part of the nexus because he was clean shaven had a bit of a like a punchable face look about him whereas when he grew the beard in it's like oh my god it's like jared butler's a wrestler yeah and that quite i think he really should have been a world champion as bad news barrett i would have the nexus even though that would have made a bigger splash at the time i think he was just more established and would have been t- treated with more legitimacy if he'd have won it as bad news barrett but those segments were always great uh i'd say the, the souvenir of the ball hammer was a great finisher uh carrying cross ruined it because <laughs> his one just isn't as good uh and it was a damn sight better than the wasteland yeah oh my gosh. an even shittier attitude adjustment uh but uh but yeah, I think that he definitely should have been a lot more in WWE. But what we saw in WWE was always highly entertaining. And he's also entertaining in his capacity as a commentator. So yeah, I would, I'm happy to have his voice back on television more often. It seems like he's having fun with commentary too. And that's always good. You know, you get people that come in and they just kind of do the job. But he seems like he's genuinely enjoying being in NXT. A lot of people... Especially since, you know, the king stopped doing the heel shtick. A lot of people just do really bad Bobby Heenan or Jerry Lawler impressions. Barrett kind of has a uniqueness to it, and he gels very well with Vic Joseph. I think they're the best commentary pairing going right now. 
I think uh, McAfee and Cole give them a run for their money, but I do like them. I like them better than the the Raw team. <laughs> you know, uh, that's for yeah, sure. the Raw team. The Raw team kind of sucks. <laughs> so then uh, that's the Barretts, um, but Rob's still got a blank number four. My number four is Drew McIntyre. So I have him at number three. So we might as well talk about him. What does Count have as? Number six. six. Oh. Okay, yeah. He's great. He got to do the things that Barrett should have done and a few of the names that I'm going to say above him should have done. Uh, he's If you draw what a wrestler should be, he looks like Drew McIntyre. He's upped his offense. Now he does you know, high-impact moves like the Claymore, and he can do swan dives over the ropes. McIntyre is maybe the best wrestler, wrestler sports entertainer hybrid in WWE today. But I still feel like the wasted years of 3MB hurt him a little bit. I, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I, I don't know why I didn't bother thinking about this ahead of time. For the people that are on YouTube, I'm going to do the screen share. <laughs> I should have just had this list up for everybody because at least they could look at that instead of just the, the top rope list graphic. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, <laughs> you can kind of follow along a little bit easier. Uh, Drew McIntyre, yeah, he is somebody who he's got the look. He can cut a better promo than a lot of the other people that are on this list. He's not, you know, the best person on the mic ever you know he's not pulling a, a rock or a rick flair or anything but he's still able to hold his own i don't put him in that high high you know uh s tier range for match quality but he holds down and he does have his good matches and everything it's not that he's bad by any means you know he's one of those very reliable just uh, a wwe type performer and when he's up against the right person, he can have a fantastic match. If he's up against the wrong person, things can go wrong, but that's the same with everybody, pretty much. And he gets a lot of points for me for being that first champion. Yeah, of course. It's it was always it was a great moment to see a a Brit win the WWE championship after we seemingly had waited for years and years for people that we felt were within touching distance of that accolade and never actually getting there. Uh, the shame is that it had to be a guy from Scotland, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Drew has the size, he has the build. He is, yeah, he's just an, an awe striking person to look at. And then he follows it up with just the, great ability in the ring again the reason why he was lower down on me is because i struggled to name a lot of drew mcintyre matches that i would ever go back and re-watch after the first time like at the time yeah he does a lot of really good solid work like his matches with Sheamus, his matches with bobby lashley those a few of the matches he had with randy orton in his title reign like they were all really good, solid matches. And throughout his reign as WWE champion, he had really good, solid matches. Unfortunately, most of them in front of uh, TV monitors. But I think that my opinion of him may shoot up after Clash of the Castle because mm. I, I don't think that there is a... It's a very empty possibility that he'll beat Roman Reigns for the title in front of a home, home crowd. I think... And... Much like you've said on recent podcasts about 
Yeah, just have the Street Profits beat the Usos, and they can always put it back. Roman Reigns can always win the title back. I think Drew McIntyre should absolutely beat Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. He deserves that after you gave him a title win in front of no one. You know, he deserves to beat Roman Reigns, and I hope he does. I think there's absolutely no chance whatsoever that he beats Roman, but, you know, I guess we'll get to that in probably a week from when we're posting this. Uh, yeah. Um, but Drew is great. And Drew, for a little bit of time there, I wasn't a big fan of him when they were doing the Chosen One gimmick, and I'm like, really, this guy? I don't see it. And then he went away, he comes back, and he's infinitely better. Yeah, he's the guy that took the boot from WWE and decided to really work at it, become pretty much undeniable in terms of just his look and his presence and his in-ring ability. And also growing the beard. Growing the beard does help. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it works for Barrett. Yeah. It works for McIntyre as well. And yeah, they he's now a superstar in their, in their eyes, and rightly so. You know, he's a guy who, you guys make a great point, he's like the blueprint for what Cody Rhodes ends up doing and all the other people who leave WWE under whatever circumstance and say, I'm going to go and kill it on the indies. Drew McIntyre proved that that was a real route back and into the main event of WrestleMania. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that as well. So he's my number three. Rob, what's your number three? Page, yeah. Wow, you have a really high. Yeah, well, again, talking about WWE, she's like the first NXT champion for the women. She's a huge uh, impact on the women's evolution. I think that you got to give this woman her flowers because realistically, she opens the door, she kicks it in, and everybody else is just like, um, meh, you know? You know, like... <laughs> For, for real, though, like, Paige comes in, gets it all started, and then because of injury, she's not a part of any of it. She's not a part of any of the evolution stuff, and I think that that sucks. And I think she should be given her flowers because she was kicking ass at a time where it was like, oh, my God, did you see Paige and Emma did a superplex? What a great match. And she really helped expand what the women could do. Uh, she is somebody who fate fucked her over in a lot of different ways. If she would have had, you know, a better run with not only getting injured, but all the other kind of problems that happened afterward and all that, uh, she probably would have won that title many, many more times. She probably still would be winning the championship and she'd be one of those multi-time fighting for the title at WrestleMania types and, would have had great feuds with the four horsewomen and with you know Rhea and Bianca and all these um great people that have come and gone. Tony Storm, she would have had a good thing with her. I don't rank her as high as you, but I can be persuaded. And she's not on your list at all, right, Callum? No, and it's not again, it's not a case of her being unworthy. She would definitely be, if it was extended out to like fifteen or so, she'd definitely be on that list. Uh, because uh, yeah, she is a very, she was a very good worker. Again, it it boils down to the fact that I don't recall many super memorable matches beyond that. The one that stands out is that takeover match, not takeover, a rival match with Emma. 
But other than that, I don't really pinpoint who need like great matches. But she was always a, a solid, reliable worker. And yeah, she probably would have had a lot more great matches if injury hadn't struck her in the way that it did. So you're number three, Callum. William Regal. Yeah, that's uh, my number one. That's my number one. <laughs> okay, we can wait on him this. So what's funny about that is um, now that that you kind of bring him in there, um, let me uh, copy and paste that over for anybody that's interested in that. I think that that means I might know your two uh, top ones, Callum, and I think that um, Rob and I might have number two the same. That means that we probably do. Davy Boy Smith, British Bulldog. That is correct. <laughs> is he uh, in that? I don't think he is for Callum. I'm going to say Callum's number two is Zach well, Saber and Will Ospreay. Right? Will Ospreay and number one, Zach Saber Jr. Other way around. So wait, which is which? number one, Zach Saber Jr. is number two. I would put Ospreay number one over Saber as well. So then uh, Zach spelled with a K or a, an H? Ever. Okay. Okay. Okay, I thought so. I was like, wait a minute. As soon as they typed it out, I'm like, this doesn't necessarily look right. Yeah, so Zach Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, um, to talk about them before we talk about British Bulldog. Those were the two that I was like, all right, if I'm expanding this past WWE, I know they go on there. From what I've seen of them, I haven't seen much, but from what I've seen of them, of course they go, at least to that mid-range, you know? So I would have put them probably, personally... I would have put them lower than Wade Barrett. I would have had them number five, number six, maybe. But um, I don't know if I could like just uh, between the two. I think I I've enjoyed Zack Saber Jr. maybe a tiny bit more than Will Osprey, but it's it's about fifty fifty. I mean, it's it's hard to tell, especially since I haven't seen too much. But um, if you were to put them on your list somewhere, Rob, where do you think you would put them? Osprey would probably be like number four, Saber number five. I'm going to just uh, put that in there for reference in case we end up just doing that. Um, I guess uh, we'll come back around to British Bulldog. Uh, what's your thought process between Osprey and Sabre in the ranking? Cal? We'll start with Sabre at number two. I think Sabre is the greatest technical wrestler that I've seen in the same, in the, basically level pegging with Brian Danielson. I think, and Kurt Angle actually in that level as well. I think he's He's not hasn't have the size or the dynamic strength of Kurt Angle. Um, it's hard to match up to him. I think Kurt Angle's the greatest wrestler that ever lived. So he can't just hit that level. But I feel that, that he does so much cool stuff in the ring. His transitions, his submissions, his pin combinations. He's obviously not a heavy striker and he is has a bit of a frail frame, but he uses that to his advantage by wrapping his entire body around people. And basically he's got, okay, you've got him in a heel hook. Oh, they're trying to get that leg to that rope. I'm going to grab the other leg and tie that one up as well. Oh, they're trying to reach their arm now. I'm going to grab his arm in then and pull it, pull that in. He has so many great matches against so many unique people. And he always manages to fit within their style. He's a very chameleon-like wrestler where he'll have his match and he'll do all his cool submissions, but he won't interfere with the match the other guy is trying to have as well. And I've seen him have great matches with Okada and Tanahashi and Osprey and virtually one in New Japan against. And he's treated well in New Japan and 
Red Pro as well. He's a multiple-time British heavyweight champion. He's uh, won the uh, New Japan Cup multiple times. He usually finishes quite prominently in G1 uh, finals as well. He's never won the world title yet, but he's had plenty of opportunities. I think he'll hopefully be more considered in like the Intercontinental title level. Uh, to be fair, the Intercontinental title doesn't exist anymore in New Japan, which is a mistake, which they should eradicate, but never mind. But he is multi-time tag team champion as well. He's everything outside of the world title in New Japan, and that's a very exclusive club to try and join. But I don't think he's uh, completely going to be outside that. I think that he has a very strong possibility of winning it one day because they do protect him and he does have excellent matches and yeah i just think that he's a real like once once you watch him for an extended period of time you just get into all of his matches the different ways that he'll just uh twist people into a pretzel just like love the way that he works and will osprey the reason why he's number one is because i think that will osprey is the greatest wrestler working today and he just he used to be considered just like one of these flippy guys and really what he was just a guy that would go in with ricochet and they would bounce around the ropes for 20 minutes and do some cool gymnastic spots and that would be kind of it but he's leveled up his game so much he's became a heavyweight in new japan he's more physical he still does all his absolutely phenomenal high-flying stuff like the space line tiger drop and the odds cutter and all these other cool moves that he does but then he ties that with things like the hidden blade which is just like essentially a bull hammer to the back of the head going at a million miles of an hour and that's super cool and it looks absolutely vicious every time he hits it and then you have like the um Stormbreaker. that's just an excellent like it's almost like it's it's essentially just a fancy looking neck breaker, but it looks so good that I'm that I'm willing to look past that point. But yeah, and he's former he is one of the guys that has broken through and become the IWGP champion. So he is a top guy in New Japan. He's one of the Yeah, one of the absolute top workers there. And I think that he just has so many great matches with so many wrestlers constantly and he does it on everywhere that he goes as well like you saw it with orange cassidy someone who does have good matches but that's probably the best match that i've ever seen orange cassidy have it's that and the match that he had with pack a few years ago but then you see him have matches with okada and hashi and pretty much all of new japan's top guys he's had great matches with shigo takagi in particular his matches with takagi are some of the best that i've ever seen in new japan and he's currently the US champion. He's won pretty much every title belt he can win. He progressed from being the top guy in the junior division to being the top guy in the heavyweight division, which very few people do. And yeah, I just think that right now there's nobody better it like bell to bell than Will Ospreay. So we don't have them on our list because we were doing the WWE thing, but we do have British Bulldog, who is not at all on Callum's list. No. And number two for both Rob and I. David Boy Smith, I'll admit, he gets that number two spot for me largely based off of nostalgia. Because, I mean, 
British Bulldogs during that new generation type era where I was becoming a fan and, you know, rewatching old tapes and everything and going back and checking out things like the 92 SummerSlam, but also watching his runs with Owen Hart and, you know, his matches with uh, Shawn Michaels and everything. It's all sentimental. And he is a former Intercontinental Champion, the European Champion, Tag Team Champion. He didn't win the world title. I think if there would have been two world titles at the time, he definitely would have won one of them. He's one of those guys that I bring up all the time. You know, Razor Ramon would have won a title, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Teddy Biasi, et cetera, et cetera, Mr. Perfect. Bulldog is a guy that he leaves a legacy behind and unfortunately passed away way too soon, just in that era of people that are like, man, they didn't even make it to their, you know, their fifties or anything. And, um, I think you're probably in the same sort of boat that I am Rob about that. Right. Like yeah, a little bit to the sentimental pick more than necessarily like, okay, for him versus McIntyre, you know, technically speaking, McIntyre did accomplish more already, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also, he was literally flying the flag for the UK in the WWE for so long that how can you not put him damn near the top of this list? And he was very good. And I think some of that is slept on now because the style has changed so much. But Boy was one of the better wrestlers. He was one of the only guys you could have put in there with a guy like Sean or Brett and said, okay, go, go have a match and tear it down. And literally, there's so much in the build to Clash the Castle in the surrounding area that's just sort of like... And remember, you know, Bulldog and Brett main evented 30 years ago and how big of a moment that was for UK fans. So I think a lot of it's that for me. But also, he was legitimately great at what he did. So, here's our conundrum. And I might need to just sort of maybe move these over a little bit and do like a combo list and a non-WWE combo list or something. Because, I mean, we've got the space for it. We can't just be like, oh, yeah, I don't have the Wikipedia. (laughs) If we do a combo list that's just the WWE thing, and then we do one that factors in Osprey and Sabre Jr. and all that. Uh, I think that might be the best way of doing it. And it's not going to take that much longer to do. Number one seems to be mathematically for me on the WWE list. Let me just uh, write WWE. It seems like it's pretty much William Regal. Because it would be yeah. my number one, Rob's number one, and Calm's number three. But if you would have taken Osprey and Sabre off, he would have probably built them up to number one, right? Well, yeah, he'd be number one if I didn't have Osprey and Sabre. All right, so then we're going to go William Regal in that number one spot. Number two. I mean, but I, I know we're trying to get this. Do we not want to actually talk about William Regal before that? Oh, God. Did we actually? <laughs> we didn't. That's no, right. We, no, we, we held we, off on him. <laughs> we're jumping well, around so much that no, we didn't talk about Regal. That's yet. right. Yeah. I mean, well, now's the best time to talk about it then. I mean, William Regal, number one, number one, and effectively number one. Uh, he never won the World Championship, but God damn, he should have. And literally the only reason he didn't is because of all the backstage stuff that happened, which he's talked about, you know, way better than we could do justice right now. But he was going to win that 
in like three different occasions. That whole King of the Ring general manager thing was really going to lead to that. And it might not have been the best reign in the world. You know, he wasn't at his peak right then. But Regal is so instrumental to this business. And he is somebody who's withstood so many stupid gimmicks, but made a lot of them super fun. So he not only was fun and funny, but he was great to watch in the ring. Hell of a promo. Carries himself with this sort of, yeah, that guy's going to make you tap out kind of authority. Can't say enough good things about Regal like that. Yeah, I mean, best... Maybe best to never win the title, you can argue, from an in-ring perspective. Regal now is just getting his flowers, and I think it's fantastic. Everybody's opening up about how great he is and what he's done for NXT, what he did for like a generation of guys, what he's done for Danielson alone, you know, gave us a WrestleMania moment in a way. Like... William Regal is just someone who understands, appreciates, and loves the wrestling industry and takes it to heart while also not taking it seriously at all. And I think he's mastered that art so well. And yeah, I just think he's the best. Yeah, Regal is pure entertainment, both from a just bell to bell. If you like the technical wrestling and the hard hitting stuff, he can deliver that in absolute spades. But then if you like the comedy and the gimmicks and all that stuff, then he's right up your street as well. He's just so unbelievably funny. And he's not overbearingly funny. He just, he's naturally got that humour about him in the same way that he kind of likens himself to a lot of uh, the classic British comedians of the age as well. And yeah, but he mixed that up with a very hard-hitting, gritty wrestling style, which you kind of see in especially with his work in WCW, the matches that he would have with Finlay as well, in particular, were just so unbelievably like brutal and aggressive. And, yeah, excellent promo, excellent overall character. He can switch between being just an absolutely villainous heel and actually just a, a likeable character, oddly enough, despite being a like the gentleman villain. But he's got... that. You look at that... Uh, Two promos immediately st- stick to mind. It's the one where he calls out Triple H to uh, defending Eugene of all people. And he just like, he basically talks to Triple H in the way that they're both heels, but he's being on the side of good. But he recognizes the fact that there's a lot of similarities between two of them. And they're attacking partners in the, uh, back in WCW as well, so that makes a lot of sense. And then it's his final promo as an in-ring performer before that match with Cesaro in NXT which just it's just the perfect curtain call on his entire career and really sums up his legacy really well and but his legacy is continuing with the Blackpool Combat Club and he's doing some fantastic work supporting the efforts of uh, Moxley and Danielson and Claudio and Willie Uter in particular, I think he's going to be a big influence on Uter's career. And I think eventually he's going to be a big influence on Daniel Garcia's career as well. But I think, yeah, he is definitely worthy of a number one spot on any list of British wrestlers. So number two is where things get a little bit confusing. (laughs) Because you got two people for British Bulldog, not on Caleb's list at all. 
But if you factor out Osprey, Saber, and even McGinnis, and you were to put Bulldog on there, he'd be in that like closer I, I to would, number ten something range. Well, I'll I'll say this: if I was to take the three people that are completely non WWE related, Osprey, Saber, and Nigel McGinnis, Bulldog would still not be in my top ten. Yeah, so I mean that's. That's going to hurt Bulldog, but he is still on two lists, so that is going to factor. I'm going to give you my top ten if it doesn't include. Yeah, you know, let's uh, uh, sure, put yeah. that off on the uh, side. Because I, I do have that. Um, so it would start with Regal, Barrett would be second, Pat would be third, McIntyre fourth, Tyler Bate. Wait, uh, let me write these down. So it's Regal, yeah. Barrett, Pack, McIntyre. Uh, Bate slash Mustache Mountain, whatever you want to do, but Bate, I guess. Then Pete Dunn. Dunn would be number six, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Piper Niven would be seven. Niven seven. Yep. Uh, then it'd be Nikki Cross. Okay. Uh, Finley at nine. And number 10. And 10 page. Okay. So that'll be, uh, that'd be good to like kind of factor that in there. Um, so if that were the case, I think, it's. I mean, it's between Drew and uh, Barrett for number two, then, because even if it wouldn't be, you know, the Bulldog being number two spot, you you kind of do a little bit of the math and it balances out a little bit differently. Um, I think maybe McIntyre because we, I had him high up and you had him real high up. I had McIntyre number three. Yeah, you had him at number four. I had Barrett at four. You had. Yeah, okay, so it probably would be McIntyre and then Barrett. I think that that mathematically works out. And then we would start getting into it's Pack versus Bulldog. Because Pack would be... Actually, I don't have... Um, <laughs> you guys don't see this list. Let me, uh, let me share my screen for you guys because you guys aren't watching this live the way that other people are. Uh, how do I get this on there? Nope, that's the... Share screen. That'll be easier. Now you guys can see it, right? Yep. <laughs> Alright, so this is what we're working with. We got Regal, McIntyre, Barrett. This is pretty much British Bulldog or Neville. And then whoever the other one would be. Uh, and then it's looking like it could be Pete Dunn, I think. Yeah, I think it probably would, because we got uh, number five, number seven, number nine, but then bumped up to number six. So I think that that makes the most sense. And then Tyler Bate, or would that be? Yeah, it'd be Dunn, Bate, Finley. Uh, Paige would probably be next. I'd say. Oh, that's right, because Paige is higher up on Rob. Yeah, um, Paige is three. Beat, uh, beat on Paige. At least those three are somewhere around there. And then I think we're down to... Who would be the other factor? Is Nikki? Why do I have uh, Nikki ASH written down? That's stupid. She's Nikki Cross. <laughs> uh, well, Finley's... On all three of our lists. Oh, Finley, yeah. WWE, so yeah, Finley would be. So that would be Finley, and then it would probably be Nikki. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, no, we got two Nikki's. 
yeah, two two Nickies and uh, a Dynamite Kid that doesn't get in there, and Piper Niven. The Piper Niven. That's only the one. So yeah, that'd be the difference. You with the the Nikki on there. So the Nikki would be number ten. Um, and then effectively, I guess like Niven would probably be number uh, number eleven. But we're not really factoring them in there. So then about these, to go back to these, this was uh, British Bulldog and Neville. Neville's number six, number 10, five, and he'd be going up to that. All right, so Neville gets higher ranked than Bulldog, I think, probably, right? Yeah, I would say so. Neville Pack, then British Bulldog for being two number twos and that and not on the other one. Bait done in page. Page is 10, 8, and a 3. Oh, that's tough. It, 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 it's definitely. I'd say page done bait. I, I was leaning no, a little bit towards page, page bait. Uh, not page done bait. It, it's definitely mathematically it's done page bait. Done page bait? That makes sense yeah. to me too. Because Dunn's got Dunn Dunn is five, seven, and six on these ones, so he's basically sixth anyway, and that would that would correlate with. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because it's not too too far off from Page's highest mark versus the other thing. All right, so then yeah. that's our, uh, you know, this is our bronze, silver, and gold medal for that. If we extend it to the non WWE list, when we start factoring in where we place these still get number regal one number number regal one <laughs> number one is william regal uh osprey's in there um barrett barrett and barrett um versus osprey 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 i mean i'd be fine with moving these two around uh between them just to kind of make that easier too, because they're about 50 50 for me. But I'd put Wade Barrett above them still. Um all right, so we're we're somewhere somewhere in this Osprey Saber McIntyre and Barrett thing for these four spots. That's for sure. Then we start getting into, I think, probably we're back to just Carrying her on that list, right? Yeah, because they're, they're the main two in there. So and then we would just kind of push that all down. Well, I imagine well, if, if Rob had the opportunity, he'd put McGinnis on the list somewhere. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, where would you think? Dude, would you put McGinnis on there, or would you? Oh, McGinnis would definitely be on my list. He'd be. He'd be probably around the six, the seven, the seven or six ish range. All right, so then McGinnis definitely bumps somebody. He wouldn't be on my list, but I mean, he's going to bump off at least like. He'd probably put Nikki probably then. Well, she probably would Nikki be technically. Yeah. She'd be She's not on the list. Yeah. Um, uh, it would be. Probably, that would be, probably, would, knock uh, the, probably would knock out uh, Bay, I'd imagine then. Or maybe not, because really Bait's on all of our lists. So, and Bait's higher on mine for. Maybe Nigel. he just knocks off. Is he just knock off Bulldog? Well, it would be two versus no, two. He, would, he just wouldn't be. He would, it, yeah, he just wouldn't be on the. He wouldn't be on the main non WWE list. So if we were to do that, it would be Neville would be on all three. 
So he definitely goes in there. Bulldog would be in it's, two. It's, it's, it's that list. It's 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 those four and then those ones at the bottom. So that's that's what it would look like. Oh, he's right. Yeah, it would just be those four in whatever order we're going to put them in: Osprey, Safe, McIntyre, and Barrett in the top in the from two to five, and then the other bottom five would be just the way that it is now. Well, wouldn't because Bulldog's on two, Nigel's on uh, two. I, yeah, it'd be, actually, it'd be yeah, only fair to have yeah. Nigel in there somewhere, but um, it's not the same. There you go. <laughs> but but well, in which case, it, one of those two would have to go off because Pete Dunn, Page. Well, Page actually technically wouldn't be on both of our would would not be on my list now. Page would be Page. only a two. Bulldog would be a two. Nigel would be a two. Bate would end up moving up because he would end up being a three. Finley would be Finley's a two. So we got a two, a two. I feel like I'm the Fucking uh, owl from um, how many licks does it take to get to Tootsie Pop Center? We got a two, a two, a three. So these would be the threes. So they would mathematically rank higher than the twos. And then it would well, probably be something in, in which, around that. In which case, I would argue why is British Bulldog number five on the WWE list when he's not on my list at all? Oh yeah, I guess. Well, if we have to factor in the number two spots for that, then um, I mean, he I mean, because because if we had like three number tens, that wouldn't rank necessarily higher than the number twos. But maybe these don't necessarily go quite there. Um, we're somewhere in this range <laughs> with these. We got these four or now five spots to fill. These are the twos. We got Finley's two, right? Yeah, Finley's just a two. But Finley ranks lower than Page, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Page the high one there. Yeah, so at the very least, we know Finley taken off the list. We know that Nigel... Yeah, Nigel ranks higher than Page. And Bulldog ranks higher than either of those. So this will be the order of the twos. This is the order of the threes. And then it's just a matter of sorting out the well, the, the weight the weight of that. So Neville's got uh, five, six, and ten. Actually, that would change this to that. Oh yeah. And then well, I'd I'd shift Neville above Dynamite. Like the whole thing would change. Because Dynamite probably just wouldn't make the cut. So then just bump up. that up and then... Uh, yeah, but... So he still wouldn't make your top 10, though? No, he, that, he that would moved, be your... He moved, I said I would... Well, he, he'd I would Neville put up Neville because, where... Because he's pack now. Yeah. I oh, I thought, you, I thought you just meant that you would shift him up. Like, no, at no, all. I would... Yeah. So you'd bump yeah, him up. I put Neville where Dynamite was. There yeah. you go. All right, so then this is actually what we're working with. That might change things. Let's, uh, for anybody that's like, oh, I love spreadsheets. <laughs> this is a podcast of spreadsheets these past uh, a little bit. So then this, this does change some things potentially. So Osprey, we have to figure that, that all out, but we can sort that out. We know that they're in the top the two, three, four, five. Um, for this though. So then Tyler Bates taken off two lists. Pete Dunn goes number 10. Number seven and nine. 
Neville goes nine, eight, five. So Neville goes above done. That makes sense. And then it's the twos. Um, depending on how. That's it, isn't it? That's yeah, that's that's the tough thing about it is Bulldog's high at number two. McGinnis is around the same range as done. I think I would put based off of the twos and all that. I think I would go probably maybe this. See what you guys think. And then page. Think that that might work. I don't know if that weighted number kind of thing. I don't have like a specific. Okay, this is worth this many points. But you figure you got bulldog. Is it number two spots for two? So that is pretty high. Even though he's not on that list, Nigel is definitely lower than what bulldog is. So he's got to be on the lower part. But Neville ranking above and in that kind of range. If we're looking at all that. I think he probably goes above Nigel. Yeah, it's okay. And then Nigel being a little bit above the uh, Pete Dunn. Where's Dunn on this? Pete Dunn's there. I think I'd probably go willing for Nigel to be that up. But then again, I could be persuaded that Dunn goes above Nigel. I mean, you're the only one that would really persuade that because Nigel's not on your list and done is whereas we both got nigel ranked higher nigel goes above done yeah i'm saying like if you guys have him on the list i'd be cool with him being above done but if you guys would be willing to put done over i'd put done over nah i'll i'll keep it the way i would like to watch that match see who goes over that's true so then we got the ospreys and we got the drew mcintyres and the wade barretts okay look what we're working with here Osprey there, Osprey there, Zack Sabre Jr. So Zack Sabre Jr. is definitely ranking lower than Osprey. Yeah. McIntyre. Ooh, this is all over the place. <laughs> I think it might be Osprey. Then Barrett, Sabre, McIntyre. Uh. I want to do some proper mounts on this. Just need to give me a second. So, because Osprey's got one, four, and five. Yeah, you figure but... he definitely can't be in the bottom two with that, or I would assume he can't be in the bottom two because at least Zack Saber Junior is lower. We know definitely Osprey's above Zack Saber Junior. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Let me just. Just actually calculating which one has the lowest numbers out of these, so I can actually like properly do it. And Barrett being on the lower end, number eight, four, four, and eight. I think that that kind of bounces out to number six or so. So Barrett might be the lowest for that. Uh, let me just get McIntyre's numbers. That's three at seven at six. Okay, so the numbers make it out so it would be osprey then saber jr and then mcintyre and barrett have the same score and mcintyre's got a higher and barrett's yeah, got a lower got a, yeah so it would be mcintyre and then barrett 
So Drew McIntyre there, Wade Barrett there, Will Ospreay there, and Zach Sabre Jr. there. Yep. I think that makes sense. And then I um, messed up my whole list thing going on here, so I'm going to have to somehow keep this off on the side. And where was your original list again, uh, Rob, before I messed this all up? You had... Uh, Oh wait. Um, so that would be on one second. I had Neville. You didn't have Osprey and all that, so you'd bump up these, right? And then where was uh, uh where was Dynamite his, Kid? His, his Neville was. And then Dynamite ten. was six. Yeah, Dynamite was six. And Neville was ten. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll add that to the. I'll add that to the wiki page. Uh, and people will be able to go, okay, that's a quick glance. <laughs> I don't get the wrong things on here. Now, technically speaking, we are quote unquote done when it comes to that. We could just call this a day, but with these top rope lists in the past, we've already talked about all these names. Are we really going to do another whole episode down the line of Mount Rushmore of UK wrestlers and just do the same podcast? Probably not. We could expand it to the UK no, we're going to do European so we can talk and do, about Lynch and Chavis. Right. We, we could eventually do the best European or, you know, along those lines. But we might as well basically talk about the Mount Rushmore. Because we've got a ranking going on. We know roughly who we are in the range for. We could do multiple Mount Rushmores. We've done that before. And I think that that's kind of one of those things that... Uh, Maybe it's worth doing like the men's list, the women's list, the all around list, whatever. Uh, we don't need to be crazy. We don't need to be like the Mount Rushmore of um, UK tag team things or something. Mustache Mountain, Grizzly Young Veterans, etc. We could if you guys want to spit it out real quick. But um, I'm thinking if we were to be doing like a little bit of a crazy kind of thing going on here, Mount Rushmore of women. Seems like we're going page. Ooh, this is typing out weird. Uh, I'm just going to copy and paste this so that I don't get some weird stuff going on with the text. That's everybody's not Rushmore. William Regal. <laughs> William Regal. All, all on the women's side, too. Um, it seems like, based off of this, Paige, Nikki Cross, Piper yeah, Niven. Piper. And then, and is there a fourth one that you guys think? Uh, well, I have some of the women listed from the UK, like a, a, a wider list. Uh, so yeah, I had I had like this sort of thing going on that I was just like a working sheet for some things. Yeah. So, so there's Layla, there's uh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah. Uh, there's B. Priestley, uh, Kaylee Virtual, and Tegan Knox the other ones that I had listed on the... And Jamie Hayter on the women's side of things. Let me tell you, looking at that list of names, I can tell you it's Kaylee Ray for me, bud. Oh yeah, it's 100% Kaylee Ray. And you know, it'd be hard to make an argument against that. Um, looking at this list of some of these other people, just the names that I wrote down before I stopped writing down names that we didn't talk about. Like, yeah, I don't think we're really going to have much of a discussion about like, oh, Eva Valkyrie deserves to be on this. We're you know, on the men's side, uh, Flash Morgan Webster, we got Isla Dawn, uh, Kenny Williams, Pretty Deadly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you guys can see the list on here, but like if there are any names that are on this that you think are worth necessarily discussing? Uh, 
Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to make an argument for Brookside. A lot of that seems, or... seems much ado about nothing. Right. Louis McKenzie's good. Uh, that's about all I would say in the women's department. If we're doing a Mount Rushmore of people with like uh, the body hair and everything like that, then we got to go Wild Boar and Primate and all that. Um, and that's speaking a, of body hair, if you want to trim yours, <laughs> then that is a great uh, time to talk about our sponsors, Manscaped. You know how it goes by now. If you don't, and you are somebody like Primate or Wild Boar or anything, then you should be picking up some of the products that you see on your screen, manscaped.com. And if you use that promo code SMARK, you get 20% off and free shipping. Lots of different things that are fantastic. My wife, of course, loving the deodorant, stealing that from me as often as she can. She actually is running over here right now. Literally just stole it. She <laughs> just did. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she's got the two thumbs up of approval when it comes to that. And she is looking beautiful in the dress that she is trying on right now. Love her to death. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm able to keep her is because I smell nice with all these things on Manscaped. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you're looking for a lovely lady out there, look at that. Save your balls in the process. Get the uh, trimmer and everything. You don't want to show up to a date and have some kind of problems with that, do you? You also don't want to be spending too much money. And with that 20% off and the free shipping code, you are definitely going to be saving. So pick up a platinum package, pick up some razor blades or some deodorants or some crop mops or anything like that. And if you do, go ahead and let us know what you got. And, you know, uh, big old thanks to Manscaped and for you for picking that up. So then let's go back to our little list (laughs) that we've got going on here with the uh let me go back to the screen share um yeah i mean uh obviously like harry smith and all these other people like uh, if we would have thought that they would have been worthy at mount rushmore we would have talked about them on our top 10 list i can't imagine not having somebody on a top 10 and then being like nope they're mount rushmore territory except for when it comes to the women's side that you know there's just not enough space and a lot of other things like that out of these women that we're talking about i'm perfectly fine with kaylee ray being that number four she destroyed that nxt uk women's championship title reign length and uh it makes sense tony storm by the way for anybody who would be like oh what about tony storm she's not from the uk so. yeah that very strong australian accent kind of gives it away yeah i'm sure there's some people that would be like wait what you know she held that championship no nope. rhea ripley, rhea ripley. Yeah. yep rhea ripley not from england wales etc so uh that's unfortunate that like a tegan knox couldn't have been in that kind of position because man that girl just got her career just completely ripped away from her. Such and also, while we're at it, that's why we didn't have an extensive discussion about Walter or anything of the sort, because Austria is not in the UK. Yep. And it never will be. 1945. <laughs> <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> um, Two World Wars and one World Cup. do 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 <laughs> hey we saved your ass in world war three it's gonna come back around right you know it's gonna be one of those things uh if you do have any suggestions for a tag team we could put it out there i, I don't think we necessarily need to do that but is there anything on like that we don't have to do specifically wwe but if i had to just spitball it real quick it'd be in no particular order mustache mountain bulldogs Pretty deadly might even be kind of in. That. I wasn't going to say deadly. I was going to say the, uh, the first tag team that won the belts. They're with uh, Gacy now. Crystal Young Veterans. Yes. 
Callum, any other names you would throw out there? Um, I'm trying to remember what their names were, but there was a tag team between... Actually, I, I need to remember it. I'm pretty sure this guy's British. It was a team between William Regal and Chris Adams. Oh, yes. Yeah, Chris Adams is definitely British. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was, but uh, but other than that, there's not really... The, the other one that stands out to me would be... Um, I mean, Pretty Deadly would be high up there because I really like Pretty Deadly. I think they're really good. And they're two-time champions. They're fantastic. Are they two-time champions? Yeah, they won the um, NXT UK titles and then the NXT titles. Oh, yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. I, for- I forget about the NXT title, right? Because it's kind of... Like just it just sort of randomly like, happened, right? Yeah, it's just a placeholder instead of the Cree brothers. Yeah. Uh, are there any other UK tag things that I'm familiar with? I feel like we can't put like Carter and Smith or. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you could say uh, Subwell Self Culture. I was gonna say Subwell Self Culture. A uh, Gallus. Just Gallus. Yeah, Gallus were a big deal. Um, uh, I wouldn't say you would say anything about. Um, I mean, they had um, who who was um. Neville teaming with when he was tag champion. Oliver or something, right? Uh, Oliver. Oliver Gray, right? Yes, there you go. I was going to say Oliver Ashby. I don't know what the fuck that name comes from. (laughs) Is that an actor or Uh, something? I mean, William Regal and Finley were technically a tag team for a while. I was thinking Finley, uh, Regal and Taylor. I think I. Oh, oh, no, British Invasion. You know? It was some British Aldous and, and Doug Williams. Magnus and Doug Williams. Oh, you know, I'd be I'd be potentially up for them possibly being in there. Because um, this mean, isn't a yeah. WWE list, so, you know, we don't have to factor that in. I mean, Nick, Nick Aldis was close on my list of, like, just overall women for... You know, yeah. He basically, he basically owns the NWA. He really does. I think that we... I mean, we probably, at this point, we, we have enough that we could do this uh, tag team one. Uh, we're, we all in agreement. Mustache Mountain would be there. Yeah. Yeah. And Mustache. and the Bulldogs would definitely be in there. British Bulldogs make perfect sense for that, obviously, for many other reasons. I'd say uh, Grizzled Young Vets and maybe British Invasion. Yeah, I'd be I, close I would go between those four. I wouldn't put South Wales. I wouldn't put the Regal Taylor Finley one. Those four for those two spots. Um, I'm totally fine with British Invasion going on there for uh, what you guys are talking about. And then uh, out of those other three... It'd be, it'd be Grizzled Vets for me because they're so good. They did win the first tag titles. Um, Dallas held them forever, but yeah, they count the pandemic for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with Grizzle and the Batters. Why not? <laughs> and then yeah, the yeah. sentimental number five, pretty deadly. Yeah, oh, I'm typing deadly. pretty dreadly. <laughs> I think pretty deadly could be, could get up to that level, especially with whatever the, the dyad is supposed to be. And then uh, I, I actually kind of like the dyad thing. It's, it's working better than I thought that it would. Still not a big fan, but I'll give him a little bit more credit. I'll wait and see until... Cameron Grimes potentially joins it. Yeah, that's true. Shave him and, and uh, get him smiling. Maybe. <laughs> so then the actual Mount Rushmore itself that we're, you know, going with the, the full breakdown. 
I, I mean, think, technically speaking, we could be like, okay, let's put one of the women on there and let's do that. But if we're doing a separate women's list, we might as well just be like, all right, realistically, we're probably going to pick five, uh, four of the women. It's uh, probably those four right there on the non-WWE list. Actually, I mean, we probably should do it this way, just to be fair with the list. We should probably do... Uh, let's see, I'll just do it this way. WWE, Mount Rushmore, and then the non WWE Mount Rushmore thing. Um, I just want to say for anyone who is not subscribed to the Patreon, look at the amount of detail that you're getting for free. A dollar is more than sufficient. I think a dollar a month for doing what could be each separate podcast, technically speaking. You know what I mean? Keep that in mind, everybody. You know, you know, and if you are uh, interested in helping us out, look at that. You got it on your screen right now. Redbubble and T public for the merchandise options. The Patreon and the join button on YouTube are all means for you to donate a buck, including that little thanks button. That is basically the same thing as the super chats. But yeah, you know, five dollars a month for a little bit of a Smarks Club. You get on the website list as somebody who's been helping out like that. But the $10 dark cast here, you get a whole extra bonus podcast per month. Some of those end up being some of the most fun ones, too, where we just go off the rails. And then you got the pick a poison tier. Could always just be like, hey, look, I want you guys to do a deeper dive into some of this. I want you to watch some of these old Nigel McGinnis matches, Tony, or something. Then that's what you get to request. But a dollar a month for all this podcast content, I think that we're worth it. And if you think we are, too, consider opening up those wallets and passing it our way. Really, Regal's definitely on this list. He's definitely on this list. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have any debates about that. And then it's kind of in this sort of range. Why am I not able to copy and paste? Why are you not giving me this option? There we go. <laughs> this thing does not like me today. So, the non-WWE, you guys thinking it's pretty much that? I would say so. What about you, Callum? No, I think British Bulldog needs to be on both Mount Rushmore's. I'm totally down that, for that. I am also. I think that that's fair. Who do you buy? Because Mount Rushmore's different. Mount Rushmore's different than, than the, the than top that. rope list. I would yeah. bump off Zack Sabre Jr. I don't yeah, know I'd, about I'd, you. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd bump him off as well. I think that McIntyre deserves to be on there because he is the first champion. Yeah, I'd say so. And then I, Osprey, I don't know. I mean, uh, we I'd be up for potentially having somebody else in this range that's, uh, like, if we want to say, like, maybe Paige. No, I'd say that Osprey, I don't know if Paige as, as, is... As, as, no, that's fine. I'd say, Osprey is the, I'd say Osprey is the first IWGP, British IWGP champion. That's true. Maybe, uh, what do you guys think about that? That for the non WWE, and then maybe if we talk about Paige, she could be in the WWE one. What do you think, Al? Uh, I wouldn't be against it. The other one that I'd be probably aiming for in this one would actually be Pete Dunn. He does have that like, UK title reign. Yeah, that big long UK title reign. But then again, Paige is former Divas champion and. Uh, the first NXT Women's Champion, so she does have that going for her as well. So yeah, I could definitely see Paige being that one as well. 
well, we could always do the little asterisk thing. Technically speaking, Paige does have a spot on another Mount Rushmore. But if we were going to say, okay, that disqualifies her, we go Pete Dunn. If it doesn't disqualify her, I'd lean more towards Paige. Uh, I'd go Paige then. And Regal, Bulldog, and McIntyre, they, they cross over, so it's kind of... I mean, again, not to throw another fly in the ointment, but there is an argument for Finley as well, because his influence extends beyond just what he did in the ring. You know what? Honestly, there's an argument that he should... He's got a lot of influence on that women's Mount Rushmore. You know, like... <laughs> I don't think we could do that necessarily, though. <laughs> he did a lot for women's wrestling, is what I'm saying. But yeah, I, 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 out of those three, I'd lean more towards Paige. I think gun to my head I think I would go with those and then I'd put that little asterisk about like look technically speaking if we say Paige is disqualified because she's on the women's list and we're separating that just like we're not putting men on the women's list then one of these two I could be argued either way I think that Finley makes some sense he is a former United States champion and uh, done winning that UK title that's a historic reign but he's already been beaten for it with Walter. So and they're kind of, they're kind of about 50 50 for me, but I'd lean more towards page. Look at all we accomplished. <laughs> I just want to, I'm not even Callum talks about this a lot, but in this case, I'm really going to make the case for it. A dollar a month is not a lot to ask. This is <laughs> a lot of content and we're not even done recording for the day this is just what you're going to see in two weeks right yeah so, we still uh, got to do the hot tags for the 5th of august <laughs> so think about that patreon please <laughs> so we got a mount rushmore for the wwe side a mount rush for the non-wwe side the women the tag teams and two different top rope lists i don't think there's any other way for us to do that more than if we would have just been like okay it's all europe and then uh, you know maybe we do that in the future i don't know maybe that's a pick your poison thing but, and then several names on every list go down because Becky Lynch has to be on now, Rushmore. Right. Becky Lynch, you got Sheamus in there. You, you know, you start factoring in those. It's going to be a different story. But all this information is going to be eventually put up on the wiki for anybody that wants to just see that in a much more condensed and better fashion, as well as this information. I usually write down the full, you know, this is where our list were prior to that. So check that wiki page out down the line uh of course it's not happening now that i'm doing this but it might be by i mean it should be up by the time that you guys are listening to this episode because i won't tell you that this is necessarily happening and then i'll do it ahead of time and then you'll go oh look at that you already put it up <laughs> that is our main event for this week uh i don't know looking into the future if we're doing other hot tags or not it all depends on if Rob and Callum are able to record something separately. And we probably know, will. We've done it in the past enough to. I'm not volunteering them to do it, but if they are willing and able, then you guys will be hearing from them. Uh, and in the meantime, of course, we've got Clash of the Castle coming up soon. So stay tuned for all the coverage that goes along with that. We got pay per view point stuff with the predictions and the post show. I'm sure by now we've got opinions about the, the card is working out and. You'll be seeing that stuff written up on different pages here and there. And, you know, we'll be talking about that next week or so, I think. I don't know exactly when the timeline is, but whatever it is. So keep that in mind. And, of course, if you want to help us out 
and you are not subscribed, do that. Ring that little notification bell. Hit the like button. That helps out quite a bit with the YouTube algorithm. You've got the option to do the same thing for, obviously, you follow Facebook and Twitter and all that, but you can do that for fanboysanonymous.com. Help me out on that front. That is something that when you help out the one site, you help out the other one. It's kind of 50-50 deal. It's all just going back to me. So, you know, the more time that I get to do that content, the better. And if you want to follow me at Tony Mango or go to amangotree.com, you'll see links to everything else. If you want to check out what these guys are up to, follow them. Rob? I just want to, I'll throw a little asterisk in there. It all goes back to him until more people start giving to the Patreon because then it will start to trickle down to us. Very so much again, so. <laughs> put, that in, put that in your brains, guys. Uh, if you want to support me directly, I'm at Dude Felice everywhere. Depending on when this goes up, it's either my birthday or around my birthday. So yay me. And uh, just check out Fightful, Fightful Select, and check out whatever Callum's got going on. So you, not my birthday anytime soon. So you can wait You can wait a little while for that. But there is, obviously, follow me, follow me on Twitter at WeekWest14 and check out the stuff that's on the Smart Cat Moment website. Power Rankings is where you'll find my week-to-week written ramblings, as well as the Fantasy League, which you can track there, as well as at www.fantasyleague.com. And, yeah, just keep following all of that great stuff. All righty, everyone. Uh, That's it for this main event, but we will see you next time. And for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out.